This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmstead, and I'm part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and its 120,000 members. We're talking K-12 teachers, education support professionals, higher ed faculty and staff members, school nurses, librarians, employees who work with individuals served by their county boards of developmental disabilities, and so many other education professionals. All of them invested in their students and in their communities. And so many of them stepping into positions of leadership to make better futures for their students, their communities, and us all. Sherry Vaught is hoping to do just that. She teaches 8th graders at Mansfield Middle School, and she's running for Mansfield mayor. She's unopposed in the Democratic primary this spring and will take on a Republican challenger on Election Day in the fall. And while each of her potential opponents has their own backgrounds that they'll be bringing into this race, Sherry Vaught has a unique set of skills from her time in the classroom that she says would empower her to lead her city well as mayor. We wanted to get to know Sherry Vaught a little better and to find out why she threw her hat in the ring in the first place. So we invited her to join us for this episode. Sherry Vaught, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. You are a career connections educator um, working with eighth graders in Mansfield City Schools. You've been at this for quite a while. Is that correct? Yes, this is my 33rd year. What has changed in 33 (laughs) years of education? (laughs) Um, Well, we don't use mimeograph machines anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I do miss that wonderful smell. (laughs) Many things, obviously technology, so many things um, from early, you know, I started teaching. I took some time off in the 90s to go to graduate school, um, but I started teaching in 1986 in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And so I taught for about eight years in Pennsylvania before um, going to graduate school and doing a bunch of stuff, meet my husband and um, and then moving to Ohio. So um, I think that kids are the same. Um, I think the basic idea of teaching, despite all the changes, is still the same. And I would say that um, I made a big change last year. I came from, I've been a second and third grade teacher for the last 10 plus years. And so coming to middle school has really been a change that way too. So I would say that and and I had a wonderful experience. I had something happen today where I had a girl who had a poetry book and um, she happened to drop it and I opened it up. And um, the woman's name is Rupi Kaur, K-A-U-R. And she's a pretty good poet. But the cool thing is I opened the book up and just caught a glimpse of this poetry. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And I'd never heard of her. And then this student who I don't know very well is pretty quiet, just like, poured stuff out on me. I mean, for five minutes, I, she just talked about this wonderful poet and how she has her other books and all these things. And I was like, wow. I mean, and I thanked her because that's the reason I came back to middle school is that the kids can, when you're, when the kids are little, you get things from them, but it's more like hugs and love and cute faces and, you know, rushing if you drop something. 
um, eighth graders snarl and are, and are never satisfied, but <laughs> they're so interesting. They have so many, there's so much that I don't know about that culture. And it's been really fun to get to know how they're, you know, stuff about TikTok and stuff about stuff about all that stuff. It's just, it, I, I feel like I'm a sponge just soaking up their stuff. So and sorry, I don't mean to get off. Well, <laughs> it has to be so rewarding though, when you have a shy kid to see the power of academics to, to help them reach their potential and to empower them to be passionate about something like that. I feel like that's a reason why a lot of people get into education in the first place. Yes. Well, and you know, and, and I know there are plenty of folks that don't do this, but I'm going to make a little plug for living in the same place that you work. Um, And I understand the pros and cons of it. I understand that there are folks that want to drive in because they don't want to always see parents and kids and stuff like that. I get that. I truly do. Um, But I, I have always, I've made it a, in my whole life, I've always lived and worked in the same district because I think when you're a citizen one, you can vote. So like the OEA stuff, I'll say like, you know, you can vote in your own elections and then you get to help choose your bosses. And that's important. But more than that, um, then I could say to her, did you know that there's a poetry slam at Idea Works on Friday night? So, yeah, I mean, I like being able to talk about, you know, like being a citizen and being part of where you are. Well, and that there's a two-part question on that one. Having lived and worked in the same district all this time, how has your community changed since you first entered education there? And I think the the big question is, and what are you going to do about it? <laughs> You're running for well, mayor. Let's talk about it. Right. Well, I do want to talk about that, but I will say that the um, Mansfield community. I've I've lived and worked in Mansfield since 1998, and um, so it, it's been a, just about 25 years. And um, I think the biggest thing is that we're really, I'll say this for most of Ohio. I think I think we are recognizing and dealing with Rust Belt stuff a little bit more. Like just really, in the last 25 years, the biggest change in, in Mansfield if you just go on the surface has just been everything that's been knocked down. Um, and there's more green spaces and um, here in Mansfield, they're starting to urban farm. I mean, there's uh, several uh, greenhouses and um, urban farm plots that have gone up um, both for community farming, but also for, for business for there's agribusiness running in our town. And I, and I like that. I think it's kind of cool. So I think, um, you know, those open spaces now we have to redevelop now. It's been a, it's been a season of tearing down and we're not, and frankly, we're not done, but um, now it's time to get housing and do more things that way, do more services. And that's why, and quite frankly, that's why I'm running for mayor. That, that is a part of it. I thought about it in the fall. Actually, I kind of got a, um, teachers are organized and teachers are, you know, program people. And um, we were going to have a, in Mansfield has a Halloween parade every year, but then this year we got the, we got the note that we, there wasn't going to be a Halloween parade this year. And then like five days before Halloween, they decided to do one. And it made me mad because like, you can't, it can't be a very good parade if people are just pulling stuff together. And it, and I'm like, somebody should, and, 
that's when I kind of was like, you know, when I do stuff like that, then I think I have to put my money where my mouth is. And, and I've been, I took this job where I'm telling kids, Hey, you have to go for it. You have to really try, get outside of your comfort zone, be a citizen. And I had to take my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see what happens. I mean, I waited until January. I was hoping that someone from the political class would, um, step up and, and, and put their petition in. And they didn't. And I just really felt like it was important that there was a dem I'm running as a Democrat and there was no, there were no Democrats running. And I just really felt like it was important that I really feel strongly and I'm involved in the fair districts, Ohio fight. I really think that voters, everyone should be encouraged to vote. Everyone should vote every time we're given the opportunity. It's, it is the power that we have in a, in this democratic country and that we should work, we should vote. And if, um, if we're voting, it feels like we should have a choice. And so that's why most of all is that I really feel strongly that voting is a, it's a right, but it's also a responsibility and it's also a privilege for me. I think it's wonderful that we get to do it. So, um, and we have, and, and voting in the local level, whether it's school board or whether it's mayor, those are the things that, I mean, that's, that's your roads and your water and, you know, your, your your garbage and and your, and then your, and then your kids' education. Right. So those are all things that locally, everybody votes in the presidential elections, but you know, it's actually your local elections that are the most important to the, the home where the, it's the closest. So. So you're going to be one of the choices on the November ballot. Again, you're running unopposed for the May primary. Yep. Why should people choose you? What makes you a great potential mayor for Mansfield? And how does your experience in the classroom prepare you for that role? You know, that's a really good question. Thank you for asking that because, see, now I'm, I'm becoming a, a, a politician already. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great politician answer. <laughs> um, no, but that's part of the reason that I decided to run is that I felt like being a mayor is not that different from um, being a teacher because there's lots of constituencies to bring together. There's leadership to be done. Look, kids will not do stuff unless they want to. They have to, you have to entice them. You have to, it's almost like being a pied piper in front of kids. You have to, you know, pick the right music and dance the right steps. And, and if you, if you do it well, they do follow and, 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 and not only follow in lockstep, but follow joyfully with um, what um, they're, they're kind of improvising on the theme. Right. So, so that's the cool thing is that, that that's teaching, but it feels like that's also leadership in a, in a smaller, I mean, Mansfield's a city, but it's a small city. Um, you know, getting people to sit down together and, and work out problems and work together. Um, another thing I want to do, and that that's very similar to being a teacher, is that I want to model politeness. I want to model um, civility, behavior, behavior, and civility. Absolutely. The uh, whoever is the Republican, um, there's four Republicans in the primary right now. Whoever that's going to be, it's going to be a woman. Um, they're all delightful women. I know them all. I, there would be no way that I would be negative or you know anything like that. Um, I found out, I I found out recently that, um, at least two of the four, um, one of them has like $80,000 and one of them has already spent $40,000 and I'm not going to spend that kind of money. I don't have it. And not only that, I'm not, and I'm, and I don't mind asking people 
for money for a good reason. Like my husband is a pastor and you know what, if you're doing mission or you're raising money for the poor, I can raise money all day and I can ask people for all kinds of things. But you know, I'm not sure I feel real hot about asking people for money for political campaign. It's not that big of a deal. Um, But the thing I know is that it's not about money. It's about the work you do. And I've been a teacher in our district for 25 years. And I think people are going to recognize my name. And I think they're going to recognize my character. And um, I hope they do. And if I don't win, I just get to come back to teaching, which is like, okay with me, <laughs> way more okay, actually. It's definitely in my comfort zone, so. <laughs> All right, well, but let's let's think aspirationally so positive thoughts. Let's let's <laughs> say you do have a, a successful campaign and people are, are throwing money at you to support your campaign. You don't have to ask for a dime. And they say, yes, I believe in you. And they vote for you and you take office. What does a Sherry Vought administration look like in Mansfield? That's a good question, too. Um, I'm not sure. The one thing that I know I'm going to have to do, first of all, is go to every training and all those things. But but here's the other good news. Nobody else that's running for mayor has ever been mayor before. So they're all going to have to do the same kinds of things. Um, This summer, as I run, one of the things that I'll be doing a lot is just listening and getting to like getting into the public works department, getting out to talk to the, 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 um, oh, I, I will tell you this. One of the things I already plan, I I joked with my husband about this, but I'm going to do it. Um, if I become mayor, I'm taking, I'm going to go get my CDL license and learn how to drive a snowplow because they always (laughs) say they don't have enough people to drive the snowplow. snowplow. So I'm going to encourage the entirety of all of the people that work at the city government, that anybody who wants to, will figure out a way to get everybody their, their correct licenses so we can all drive snowplows so that when it, when it's necessary, we have people to call on. That's one. Um, Two, that's, and that's the other thing. I think if, if there's something that it's not specific, but something that I know will be true is that I will look at things somewhat differently. Um, I think I am a creative problem solver. I'm an entrepreneurial teacher, which, um, and I don't mean that I teach kids to be entrepreneurs. I mean that I've been a teacher long enough that I know how to do it. And I try to find new ways to fund things, to do things. And, um, you know, and, and all of us, anybody who's listening to this, that's a teacher knows the teachers are like, you have to be entrepreneurial to get field trips to, you know, get stuff for your kids. You have to be, you know, go into Kroger's and ask them for ice cream because you want to have ice cream and you don't want to buy it. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're, you're used to doing all those creative ways to kind of figure out how to do things. And so I, I'll take that. I'll take that mindset into the job. Um, well, it's and, not just about getting them ice cream or field trips. It's about the way you have to approach every single child as an individual right. with well, individual needs and looking at those needs and saying, hey, yes. I can I can craft my response to you in a way that sets you up for success. That's a good point. And, I, you know, that's so right. Um, and I was over, I, like because I live at see because I'm a career tech teacher. I'm always looking for like we're going to make um, I've been messing around with it. Uh, but we're going to make kites next week. Okay. And I didn't, I have all this stuff and I, I've been trying to figure out how to make kite. Well, I finally figured out, I mean, I knew how to make a kite, but back in the day, it would have been newspaper. Now there's not like newspaper sitting everywhere. Um, so I don't have newspaper. So um, a lot of the things that talk about kites talk about like garbage bags and stuff like that. And I could do that. I have garbage bags, but then I had these 
old plastic bags from something else. And I went, wait, that'll work. And I cut one up and I used some straws and went outside and it, it almost flew, but it, it started the, the, the straws were too flimsy. So I'm going to use uh, popsicle sticks behind the, like the squid, the middle part of the getting into it. I'm sorry. I don't mean to take, but but I think I, I figured out a way to make a kite out of the stuff that I had. And, and mostly because I didn't want to have to go buy anything. And, you know, it's 100. It, it was different when I was teaching second grade and it was 20, 25 kids. You know, now it's 100 and I don't have, I, you know, I don't have the ability to do that. So I'm always looking for things. And, and I'm looking for at my school they're not used to going on field trips. They're not used to doing certain things. And I'm trying to bring some of that in because in order to know what you want to do, you have to be exposed to stuff. And um, they have to not just talking about it in the classroom, not just watching videos about it. We need to go out and see what's going on in their communities, see what's available, both skilled and not skilled um, so that they can recognize. They need to start seeing themselves as people who work. And what that might look like. Not that they have to know anything in eighth grade, but but starting to it's it's almost like you're you're pulling them into maturity a bit that that they're they're starting to really think about it because at the beginning when they start, they're not. But as the as the, the as the semester goes on, I can feel them coming along in a way um, and I'm tugging them and and leading them and pushing them. And you're absolutely right. Finding every possible way to in get them to buy in because the truth of the matter is what I'm teaching isn't, it's not literacy. It's not math. It's all of those things, but it's, it's more to, in some ways, it's the most important thing because it's about thinking. It's about applying what you know in real world situations. And but on the flip side, if you're too young, if you're too, if you're too mature and you're not ready to think about it, there's nothing. I'm not, I don't have anything for you today. And that's okay. I mean, it's, it's even okay to be too immature. I have, I certainly can name a certain, a, a segment of each of my classes that are doing it because they have to versus anything else. And that's okay. They're, they're only in eighth grade. They're only 14. So, so not quite voters yet. No, <laughs> many <laughs> of would them, all say vote many from of them I can't talk much about it at school, but my, my kids do know that I'm running for mayor and they're excited about it. I think that, and I have some kids that ask me about it and I can answer them when they ask. So, and that's kind of cool. And I, and I'm happy to, live into that and to say, and win, lose or whatever in the fall, whether I come back and as, you know, in the second semester as a teacher, or if I leave after first semester and I'm mayor, um, that's an okay thing to do. Win or lose, I can hold my head up and um, I am getting my, uh, my, the treasurer, I just found a treasurer and it's a former student and she is a young teacher and she's about 26 and married and lives in, in the city and has a little girl and, and trying to get people like that involved, people that are young. And once you learn how to be a treasurer, for example, for, um, you know, for a local candidate, now, if one of your friends wants to run for city council in a couple of years, you know how to do it. You can encourage people to do stuff like that because you already, now you have the skills. And now, you know, I, I feel like that, that empowering that next generation of, of folks is really important. Well, Sherry Vaught, thank you for stepping up to run and to put those teacher skills to work. And thank you for sitting down to talk with us about your thoughts. Thanks, Katie. Do you know an educator who has a story to tell on this podcast? Is there something going on in your local that the world should know about? 
If you have ideas for future episodes, please send me an email at educationmatters at ohea.org. Or you can connect with OEA anytime on social media. We're at OhioEA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. New episodes of the podcast drop every Thursday morning. Until next time, stay well. Thank you.